Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, Ingredients for an Effective Prayer Life, Faith and Forgiveness, in the sermon series, Do Not Disturb. We're glad you're here. If you've ever experienced the blood of Jesus, you understand it never loses its power. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lord, help us today. Lord, help us today. Lord, help us today. We thank you. We love you. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Candice, thank you for letting the Holy Ghost use you, girl. Amen. 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 The Lord is good, and his mercies endure forever. We are continuing our sermon series entitled, Do Not Disturb. Amen. You, many of us have this feature on our phone. We can put it in a mode called Do Not Disturb, and someone can text or call, and they'll never know you have it there sometimes, but uh, say Apple let people know they have their Do Not Disturb mode on. And sometimes I say, you need to still text them and let them know I'm texting them. <laughs> Apple users know what I'm talking about. Everybody else, y'all don't get it. It's all right. But I want us to be uh, intentional in prayer. I want us to be intentional in prayer, what we're doing um, and how we're praying. Um, Last week, I asked you to take two minutes before you get out of your bed just to pray, just for two minutes. Um, And and I'm not going to add anything to it. I'm going to ask you again, Sunday to Sunday, at least Monday. Hopefully you did it this morning. Uh, Amen. To God be the glory. I want us to develop a habit of prayer. So before you get out of the bed, for two minutes, just pray. Y'all hear me? Before you exit the bed, uh, I know we was talking. uh, Someone said, well, Pastor, I got to, once I wake up, I have to rush to the restroom. (laughs) All right. While you're in the restroom, Amen. Make sure you're praying, amen, for two minutes. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. To God be the glory. If you you have your Bibles and if you're able to stand, please stand with me and turn to Mark chapter 11. And we'll start reading at verse number 12. That's the gospel of Mark. Starting reading at verse number 12. That's the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verse number 12. And if you're able to stand, please stand to the reading of God's holy word. Now, the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, 
he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season of figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Let's skip down to verse number 20 of that same chapter. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask in prayer and when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever. You stand praying. If you have anything against anyone, I, I just caught that. If you have anything against anyone, forgive them. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven Forgive your trespasses. I want to preach from the topic today, the ingredients for effective prayer life. Faith and forgiveness. The ingredients for an effective prayer life. Faith and forgiveness. A few years ago, my family started a friendly competition that I would often win. <laughs> During Christmas and Thanksgiving, we would have a bake-off. We would see who could bake the best dessert and judge ourselves, and at the end of most competitions, probably all of them, I won. Now, now, <laughs> I don't call myself a baker, even though I came in second place for the people's vote at the Men That Cook fundraiser event. I should have wore my, my chef shirt. Dang, I got to learn how to do some props. I, I <laughs> I'm not a baker, but I did win second place. But I'm one who learned just follow the recipe. You, you see, baking is a science. A recipe for a baked good is a chemical formula that has been tried and true for centuries. And if you miss any step, it will cause a disaster. Cake that didn't rise. Them kids didn't make that cake fall from running in the house. Have I got a witness? <laughs> Y'all better sit down somewhere. I got that cake in the oven. A pie that didn't set. Cookies that are like hockey pucks. 
brownies like bricks, peach cobbler that's runny. <laughs> remember, I remember, I remember one day um, cooking a cake and it, it took me three tries to get it right. Because it didn't rise enough. It was too hard. It was gooey on the inside. It's because I thought I had things under control that I would skip some steps in the recipe. But it was not until I stopped and read it properly that on the fourth try, I got it right. You see, the goal for me in baking was to make the cakes look like the picture. Therefore, I had to follow the recipe which calls for all of the ingredients. That I cannot decide what I want to take out, what I want to put in. In order to get the cake to this desired perfection, you must have all of the required ingredients. And today I want to inform you the reason why your prayers may not be answered the way you have desired is because you're using the wrong ingredients. Your life seems flat. You put in all the work, but nothing seems to rise. Your life feels hard and bitter and sour. Your life feels deformed and does not look like the picture on the recipe because you have not included all of the proper ingredients in your prayers. In our text today, Jesus offers the proper ingredients for an effective prayer life, which are faith and forgiveness. Jesus is on his way to the cross, and he has just completed his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, riding on the coat, and the people are waving palms, and they're shouting, Hosanna in the highest. The next day, Jesus walks up to a fig tree and notices that there are leaves on the tree, but no figs. And the writer tells us that it is not the time for figs to be produced, but if a tree has leaves, it suggested it also should have figs. I wish I had a witness here. But Jesus cursed the tree because it was deceptive in its presentation. It looked like a fig-producing tree but it was not performing like it was created to. Only presenting itself as something that it did not have. How blessed the day, God. Many of us, we live leaf lives without figs. We look like we're producing, but if someone gums up and gets a closer examination, they will find out that we are a fruitless tree. Amen. Later, later that day, Jesus goes to the temple and he discovers that the church was the same way as the fig tree. Deceptive, appearing to be something it was created to be, but not living its purpose. Therefore, Jesus begins to clean house flipping tables and throwing out merchants who were ripping off the people. My father's house would be a house of prayer, but you have made it into a den or a hiding place for thieves. Deceptive. 
looking like something it's supposed to be, but failing to perform like God had created it to. And the next day, as they are walking past the tree, Peter is astonished because the fig tree Jesus had cursed had withered away. Because of Peter's amazement, Jesus begins to teach the disciples on the effective ingredients of prayer. Number one, prayer requires limitless faith in God. Let me say that again. Prayer requires limitless faith in God. Jesus notices the unbelief in Peter's response to the tree dying. Peter only heard Jesus speak to the tree, but he saw how the tree responded to the words of Jesus. This story allows us to know that there is power in the words of Jesus. That whatever he says has the ability to come to pass. Peter was confused in this moment at to how nature responded to the words of Jesus. Peter could not comprehend what he was seeing. Peter could not believe that a tree can obey words. A tree with no ears, a tree with no ability to comprehend, obeyed what Jesus said. I thought that was shout y'all up in here. P P Peter could see the, Jesus can see the confusion and the astonishment in Peter, what Peter was going through, wondering how could this happen? Peter was wondering, can we also do something like this? Is it possible for nature to obey the voice of humanity? And Jesus answers the question with this, have faith in God. He tells Peter, if you have faith in God, you can pray that this mountain will move from here and it'll move over there. If you have faith in God, the word of God, the word for God here in the Greek tells us that God is the object of faith, that we're unsupposed to have faith in anything else but God, because our faith in others has the ability to let us down, but God never fails. If we want to see miracles, our faith must be in God. Jesus says, if your faith is in God, you can move mountains. What Jesus is saying, your faith allows you to do the impossible. When you have faith, you can speak to things that cannot hear and cause them to obey your words. Let me say that one more time. When you have faith, you can speak to things that cannot hear uh, and allow them to obey your words. Uh, mountains can't hear, but if you speak to it, they can move. Cancer can't hear, but if you speak to it, it can move. Depression can't hear, but if you speak to it, it would move. Unemployment can't hear, but if you speak to it, it would move. Poverty can't hear, but if you speak to it, it will move. If you have faith in God, what has the inability to hear gains the, obil the ability to obey, which allows you to speak to those things that are not if, if, as if they were. My faith in God tells me I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the borrower. I'm the lender and not the borrower because I 
have faith in God, I can speak to my mountains. If you want your mountains to move, and all of us have some mountains in our lives. All of us have some obstacles that seems to always be in our way. Uh, we often hear people said, I'm climbing up the rough side of the mountain. That's the best side to climb up. I wish I had a witness because if it was smooth, you couldn't climb up it. I wish I had a witness. So we need those mountains and thank God sometimes he'll move the mountains and, but sometimes we just got to go over the mountains. Uh, but if you have enough faith in God, uh, you can say to the mountain and move from here to there. If you want to move mountains, you must have faith in God and refuse to doubt. Yeah, doubt here in the Greek means to judge between two. It's a divided judgment. Doubt says it may happen. Faith says it will happen. Doubt says I hope so. Faith says I know so. <laughs> Doubt, doubt hinders, but faith propels. If you want to embrace the God life, you must eliminate doubt and elevate your faith. There's a story of doubt going to the house and knocking on the door. And when doubt, when the door was open, faith opened the door and doubt ran away. I wish I had a witness. Uh, doubt cannot stay where faith resides. Is there anybody that has what we call a uh, faith that we believe, uh, what we cannot see? Faith uh, that we believe, uh, what, what seems to be impossible? Faith that we believe that God is able no matter the circumstance or what we see, we just mu we must have faith in God. Jesus says, have faith in God, and you can do the impossible. But you must ask this in prayer. The gateway for getting what you need starts in prayer. Jesus says, whenever you ask in prayer, if you believe, you shall receive. But what happens? when you don't receive what you believe for. Y'all never been there with God? I wish I had a witness here. What, 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 what happened when, when, when you believe, but you still was laid off from the job? When you believe, but you still had a loved one die. When you believe and the divorce still happened. When you believe and the child still went to jail. I believe Jesus is a model for what to do when God's will supersedes our wants. Jesus shows us that we should still trust in God. A prayer that is always answered is, Lord, let your will be done. I wish I had a witness. If you don't know what to pray for, just pray, Lord, let your will be done. Because that prayer will always be answered. But when you pray that prayer, make sure you have enough faith to accept God's will when it goes against your wants. Jesus models this for us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus accepted the will of God and went to the cross. He endured the guilt and the shame because he stayed with God when he prayed, not my will be done, but thy will be done. God gives him the power to endure the cross, but more importantly, he gives him resurrection power because he stayed with the will of God. And you're wondering what's resurrection power? Resurrection power is Jesus showing up while the disciples are in hiding 
king and he shows up and he's in front of them and he's showing up in a place where he should never been. I wish I had a witness here. That's what resurrection power is. That God allow you to show up in places where people thought you would never be in. I wish I had a witness. He allow you to do things where people thought you'll never be able to do because you learn how to trust the will of God. The unlimited power of prayer can only occur when limitless faith is in God. The unlimited power of prayer can only occur when there is limitless faith in God. Faith in God is, I'm going to keep believing for what I need. But if I don't receive what I need, I'll keep believing because he's able. You got to become like the three Hebrew boys. He is able to deliver us. But if he chooses not to deliver us, he's still able. I wish I had a witness. You, you, you must keep on praying no matter what you're going through, no matter what you are enduring, no matter what you're handling in your life, no matter how much the pain seems as if it will not leave. Can I tell you, keep on praying. James Clear gives a great analogy in his book, Atomic Habits, uh, to help us learn and understand how delays are not denials. He he says, he says, uh, if you have an ice cube, you sit it on a table in a room that is 20 degrees, your goal is to melt the ice cube. You start heating the room up slowly. 21, 22, 23 degrees. You see no changes. There's no evidence of your efforts. 24, 25, 26 degrees. Still no melting. You begin to wonder, are you doing the right thing? It's not working. Should you quit praying or should you keep pressing? I wish I had a witness. You, you've been heating this room up for about an hour and a half now, but still no melting. 30, 31, and it's not until you hit 32 where the degrees uh, uh, change in the room where you see the first signs uh, of something melting. Can I tell you something? You're doing the right thing, uh, but stay with it. And I might, it may be someone in the building today that I can tell you uh, you just may be one degree away from your breakthrough. You may be one degree away from your healing. You may be one degree away from your blessing, but keep on praying with faith. Effective prayer requires limitless faith, but effective prayer also requires legitimate forgiveness. Legitimate forgiveness. I'm going to slow down and preach this part because I want y'all to catch this. Jesus gives the disciples these um, high guarantees. When you pray, what you ask for, you will receive. If you believe, you will have whatever you want. But before he leaves this period of instruction, he says, hold up, let me add something else. Let me add another ingredient to this process of prayer. Forgiveness. And this is not saying, I'm sorry with your fingers crossed behind your back. 
this is not when you, your kids are fighting you, and you tell them, you sorry? Yeah, I'm sorry. Now hug each other. It's not that. It's not that type of forgiveness. It says, when you pray, forgive. Because if you fail to forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. Forgiveness must be a daily task. Forgiveness must be included in all of your prayers. Last week we talked about this model prayer, and in the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus instructs the disciples to pray, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those. Y'all know that? What, what does it say? Who trespass against who? Us. If we commit to the model prayer, we will include forgiveness, not just for us, but also for those who have wronged us. Forgiveness requires prayer. Because when someone has really hurt us, damaged us, or distorted our view of other human beings. We need prayer to forgive because forgiveness is a spiritual act that must be assisted by the Holy Spirit. I wish I had a witness here. Because we are not computers where we can wipe the hard drive. And we are not like God where we can forgive and forget. I wish I had a witness. It's hard to forget the hurt, but with the Holy Spirit, the hurt doesn't haunt us anymore. So you can forgive and let go because what they, what they did does not create the same feelings you used to feel after the pain. I wish I had a witness. Yeah, yeah, you used to feel that, that any time you saw anything resembling how they made you feel, it triggered something in you. The smell of certain things will cause you to go back to that moment you experienced that hurt. The noise of certain sounds reminded you uh, of what you went through and the pain you had to endure. The anger and the frustration, the fear and the anxiety, the tightness of your chest when you saw them walk in the room. The tears and the sadness when you remember how they hurt you. But when you commit yourself to prayer, forgiveness is the result of an effective prayer life, and now you can handle being around the hurt without feeling of retaliation to hurt somebody else. Many, many understand the process of receiving forgiveness from God for our sins, but we struggle with forgiving others. Help us today. It's a tough topic right here. It's fine for us to ask for forgiveness for what we have done to God. But it's difficult for us to forgive what others have done to us. Come on, shout with me. Jesus reminds the disciples that if we're going to plead with God to grant us forgiveness, we must be willing to do the same for others. 
And I don't know about you, but I need God's forgiveness. His forgiveness brings liberation and reconciliation. And to forgive means to release someone from legal consequences. To forgive is to renounce the anger or the resentment against the offender. It's giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. Right? When someone hurt us, what do we want to do? I can't speak for y'all. I'm going to speak for myself. because Right now, all of you are on my couch right now. Man. When you hurt me, I want to hurt you. Because the same pain you made me feel, I want you to feel the same way. But in prayer, in this Christian life, this walk in which we live by, we must pray daily, Lord, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. See, oftentimes we don't understand why Jesus tells us to pray without ceasing. Pray always consistently and persistently and constantly we must be in prayer because sometimes we have to ask for forgiveness over and over again and sometimes we have to ask for the power to forgive others over and over again because the first time I pray I still walked away mad The first time I prayed about it, I was still upset after I got up off my knees. The first time I even fasted and prayed about it, and when I saw them, I still had the same anger. Because the way they cut me was so deep. And the worst hurt is family hurt. The worst betrayal is the betrayal of a friend or a family that's been close to you. The worst hurt is to, to know that you still got to be around the person that hurt you. <clears throat> Y'all still have children together and you want to make sure this thing works still. You, you got to still go to that same job because you know if you leave right now, you can't pay your bills. But you got to make some work right now and you're still mad. You're still upset. You're still angered. The, the anxiety is still in your chest. Your palms still sweat. Tears still come to your eyes. When you see them, it reminds you of the hurt. That's why you must pray every day. Lord, please. Help me. Forgive those who have trespassed against me. We know how to ask God to forgive us. Father God, please forgive me for all the sins that I have done, omitted. Oh man, God, the ones I will do, I did, and the ones I may be doing tomorrow. But God, I need you to forgive me right now. But what happens if, what happens if your loved one and your spouse come to me, come to you and say, hey, forgive me, I'm going to cheat on you tomorrow. I need you to forgive me right now, dog.
happens when your child comes to you and says, hey, I'm going to steal all your money. I'm going to run off all your credit cards. I need you to forgive me now because I'm only going to do it three years from now. I'm not talking about when someone step on your foot and, you, and they say, excuse me. You say, oh, you good? What happens when the true pain that heartbreaking pain that you experience from someone that you know you still have to be around in some shape or form, you will see them again. What happens when you have to offer that forgiveness? You must stay in prayer. Because this is a difficult charge from Jesus. Jesus says, yo, if you don't forgive your brother when you stand and pray, I won't forgive you. And unforgiveness is poison. Steve Harvey suggests that unforgiveness is drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. You know what? You mad and upset at them, and they didn't went on with their lives. Man, uh, my kids, they watch this, this movie, Uncle Drew. Um, I got a little TV in my car, and so when I drive, I've really never watched the movie, but I've heard it a hundred times. And in and, 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 and this movie, uh, it's, it's this one character. He's afraid to play basketball. He's afraid to shoot the basketball because the last time he shot, the dude blocked his shot. And he had the resentment against this man all up into his adult life where he was unable to be uh, uh, accomplish anything because he could constantly remember how his shot was blocked. I wish I had a witness. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't thrive. He was working at a, a footlocker. He was trying to get a team together. And this same person would come and mess with him all the time because of that one shot he missed. He could not let it go. And since he couldn't let it go, his life was miserable. Someone in here today, you're holding on to grudges from childhood. Unforgiveness blocks blessings from God. Unforgiveness, it blocks you from God even hearing our prayers. Unforgiveness keeps us in a place that is stagnant and stuck because we cannot let it go. And I'm not telling you it will happen instantly. It's a process that you must pray day and day and day. And Lord, forgive me and help me forgive. Help me forgive those who have hurt me. Say, Pastor, you, you asking for too much now. I ain't. Jesus is. If you want to move mountains in prayer, a requirement is forgiveness. I know they hurt you. And I'm not telling you forget about it. You need to remember because you need to know how to handle them the next time. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, that's just me. I don't know if that's Bible or not, but that's, uh, I, I, I ain't letting, I, I, I'm, I'm remembering, because I need, I, I, I'm going to let you in my house if I need to know how far to let you go. You need to go to the restroom? All right, come on, we're going to escort you to the restroom, because last time you stole everything out of the bedroom. I forgive you, hey, I forgive you. I just don't trust you right now. <laughs> Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm telling us to walk in forgiveness, not to be foolish. Because there is a difference of walking in forgiveness and foolishness. Because we say only a fool would do things over and over again and expect a different result. But there's another fool would expect something from somebody who continues to do things over and over again and expect something different. If they showed you the last time when you accept them back that they couldn't stop jumping in everybody's DMs, this just may be who they are. There's a different degree of foolishness and forgiveness. This, this is, y'all hear what I'm saying? I, I wanted to holler today. I just might steal. Let me let, let me let me tell this story. It's a, it's, it's a story. It's a story of a man who is upset with his wife. He goes to the doctor and tells his wife. The doctor says, "Hey, hey, uh, doc, I think my wife is deaf." He's like, "Why do you say that?" Because uh, it takes her multiple times to respond to what I'm saying to her. Uh, doc said, oh, let, let's do an exercise. Stand about 15 feet away from your wife and say something to her. And, and if she doesn't respond, move five feet. If she doesn't respond, keep moving five feet until she responds to what you're saying. Uh, he said, okay, Doc, I got you. Doc, he go home, and when he gets home, his wife is cutting vegetables. He stands about 15 feet away from his wife, asks the question that uh, most wives don't like to hear, what's for dinner? Am I right? Oh, okay, cool. My fault. Maybe that's my wife. I'm sorry, babe. I thought that was everybody. But, but he asked the question. I'm, I'm sorry. You forgive me? Okay. I want a hug. Okay. Let me, <laughs> Let me finish this sermon. Amen. He, he goes home. He says, what's for dinner? She doesn't respond. He walks five feet. Nothing. Ten feet. Nothing. Five feet. Fifteen feet total. Nothing. He gets close to her and says, what's for dinner? She says, for the fourth time. Vegetable stew. Sometimes we think God has a problem hearing when the problem is really us. Because we fail to forgive, it pushes us farther and farther from God. Help us today. And since we are so far from God, we can't hear God. 
But when we begin to forgive, we come closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And so when we forgive, then we can hear God tell us what to do. Is there anybody in the building that can thank God that we can hear our prayers when we forgive? When we forgive, it's tough. It's tough. It's challenging. I'm not telling you something hypothetical. I'm telling you something I've endured. That it takes constant prayer to live in forgiveness. It takes constant prayer. It's not one time. Y'all just leave it there. Let the Lord have it and leave it, child. process. They hurt you. They cut you. They made you feel bad. But God is saying today, let it go. The problem too often we're holding on to a tight grip. And we cannot hear God speaking to us because we're so far away from him. Because we fail to forgive. It's tough. But we say all the time, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. We say that when, when we, I'm about to get this job, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I'm about to run this race, I can do all things through Christ. But what happens when you need that same spirit of God to help you forgive somebody else? It sticks with you. It stays with you. But don't let it haunt you. Don't let it hurt you any longer. Don't let it cause you to go into a hole of depression and anxiety. Don't, don't, don't let it call, pull you down. And the only way you cannot allow that to happen is in prayer. Because the more you talk to God, the more you are intentional of telling God about what you're going through and about what you're enduring, the more you hear yourself speaking life to yourself. God, I can make it through this. The only way I can make it is through you, God, helping me with this. Help me to forgive. Let's pray. Lord, we need you today. This task of forgiveness is one we need practice with. We don't get it right all the time. But God, we need you to help us get it right today. Forgive us. God, give us the strength to forgive others. It hurts, it's difficult, it's painful. But God, we know with you, 
all things are possible. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. If God be for us, who can be against us? If it ain't Jesus, hang it up. Amen. We know, God, that without you, we are left as a ship without a sail. But we need you today to really work on our hearts. That we can be more than just a voice saying I'm a Christian or attending a Sunday morning worship or watching on a virtual space. But God, we can live like true men and women of God who has been washed in the blood of Jesus. Don't allow us to be foolish, but allow us to live in forgiveness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.